informing, enlightening, and inspiring a community. Welcome to the Aging and Awesome Podcast. Proudly presented by Marsha Rambeau with Transaction Realty 500. And now, here are your hosts, Joe Delarippa and Carrie McKenzie. Hello, and welcome to episode two of the Aging and Awesome Podcast. I'm your host, Carrie McKenzie, alongside the star of Aging and Awesome, Joe Delarippa. Say hi, Joe. Hi. I'm doing well. How are you doing oh, today? Good, good. I'm doing good. Thanks. Um, so last week we talked about happiness. And Joe, you mentioned your upbringing and the happiness your mother instilled in you from finding joy in nature and the things that don't cost any money. Also, your theory, we all have two choices in life, to be happy or to be sad. A lot of people really loved our first episode. Did you know that? I'm so happy to share my feelings, and I know that everyone has got different backgrounds, but still the main thing that I found out is just look for good things, look for happy things, and, uh, and you'll find them because they are out there. Right. And so today we are continuing our podcast series, and today's topic is overcoming challenges. So now, now Joe, a lot of seniors live alone and see living alone as a major challenge they face. Maybe because a spouse died or family has deserted them or friends have passed away. How do you overcome being alone? And give an example. Uh, I, I think I keep busy, number one. Number two, I'm very fortunate that I, I get so much pleasure out of nature and natural things, which are all around, and I look for them. I mean, I, I see a pretty flower or a bird, and, and it makes me feel happy. And so consequently, I try to uh, tell people that when I see them, I try to say, That's pretty, it's a great day. Isn't it a beautiful day? I mean, and if they don't feel too good, I just kind of say, well, you'll, it'll be better later. Just positive. Positive attitude is really important. What time in your life, or think of a time in your life that you had a difficult time, just something really that happened, that occurred, and then how did you get over it? Well, for example, I, I would say that a lot of times when sometimes when I was really, really down, I had a friend. There's nothing like friendships. And a, a friend uh, in need is a friend indeed, as they say. Uh, and, and, and just having someone give me a pat on the back or a hug or a smile and, and then just sort of push forward, maybe be a little courageous if you can, and, and ask yourself, what can I do at this moment? I feel terrible, what, how can I make myself feel better? And, and go in within yourself and find that something, whatever it may be. And you'll find that it's not that hard to do. And, and so that is my opinion. I remember one time in my past uh, when my, well, I had a pet and he passed away and it was the first pet I owned by myself as an adult and it was just really, it was devastating to me. So I think I was down, I didn't leave my house for a few days and then I did, I reached out to a friend and um, that was really what helped me get out of that state of mind. And um, then I exercised too. I remember really getting into Zumba and uh, that really helped me through it. That's uh, very important. I think that people who move around a lot uh, and it gets your circulation going, you'd be surprised how much that affects you. If you're sitting and brooding, that is 
you only get deeper and deeper into despair. But if you push that aside and you say, you know, I'm going to go take a walk and go out and go, go, go take a walk, look at the, look at the scenery, uh, look at nature, look at the plants, and you, you'd be surprised that it, it just sort of gets into you and you'll feel better. Well, I, I think uh, partly my personality, uh, everyone has a personality that basically, and then of course you, you grow and you change and, and you can change your personality. And I always was uh, a happy, outgoing, energetic. I do have energy. I don't know where it comes from, but I do. That helps a lot. So um, sometimes just to push yourself out and, and, and challenge, get a challenge, and then you have to concentrate on that, and that takes your mind off of the sadness that might be there. And uh, I was very fortunate that my mom, my mom had a wonderful personality, and she loved everything. She loved flowers, she loved food, she loved animals, and I inherited that from her. So that was one of the things that I, I would say that helped me a lot. And, uh, and I like to sing. I sing, uh, and singing music is just a very, very big, strong thing for me. When my mother passed away, I, I was very, I felt very lost, and, and, uh, and I really missed her because I shared, I helped her. I like to help my mother do things, and, and if she needed something, she would say, if you want something, ask Joe. I never could say no. I, would, I wouldn't want to, but I didn't. And so I shared, she shared her, her past with me, and of course I'm Italian, and my mother shared parts of when she was young, when she was growing up in Italy, what it was like, and, and it was like a storybook. It was always like a storybook to me. And so I inherited, I think, a lot of that from my mother. And, uh, and then her friends, I tried to introduce her to people so she would have some friends she could play cards with. She loved to play cards. And so I found some Italian families and I got her in interested with them and then once they started playing cards, <laughs> that was happiness all the time. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, I would say cooking was the other thing. My mother loved to feed you and she loved to cook. She's a wonderful cook. And I tried to be with her when she was cooking and learn how to do it myself, what she did. And so that was a way of giving love was, was by cooking. So, And that's how you'd, it would help you get through tough times is to cook? Or how did you actually get through it when your mom passed? Did you just... I would say uh, I thought about her a lot mm -hmm. in my mind. Even though she wasn't there, she was there with me. Mm -hmm. I felt her presence. When I was doing something that I knew she loved, I felt her presence. Nice. And that was almost like company. And people would say... Oh, I'd like to meet your mother. Why don't you have her come over? And I say, well, she's dead. And and they were surprised because when I talked about her, she was not dead to me. She just was still there. And so that was one of the things that that uh, I would say I was very fortunate that I had that kind of feeling for her. Right. So and then also just time. It gets easier. Yeah. After time, a little bit. And I know that my mom did not suffer. She, she mm, passed very quickly. Yeah. She had a heart attack. And it was like she never had to go in a hospital. She never had to, to have pills or doctors or what have you. And she just faded away. So, mm -hmm. and, I, and on my mind, 
I said she's in a happy place. She's with her family now, and her, and she's back in Italy, and she's happy, and so I was happy. You're listening to the Aging and Awesome podcast. We'll be right back. The Aging and Awesome podcast is presented by Marsha Rambeau with Transaction Realty. She's here with us now again for another great tip. Marsha, what tips do you have for seniors to get the most out of selling their homes? Kai, as you know, well, the older we get, sometimes we tend to accumulate a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, My mother being 94, the same house for 66 years, and myself and my siblings are totally guilty of still having our things there. Um, But... I know that there's many items that there's sentiment of value and meaning, and I I totally understand that. The best thing they can do is declutter. Mm. Box up whatever you're not going to use, put them away. It's always something that that I can help with. Um, What you want is for your new owner to be able to picture their things in the home and not get distracted, you know, by looking at other things. You want them to picture themselves there. you should also consider if you know perhaps you've got a leaky faucet, some chip paint, or anything like that, because as soon as a buyer comes in a house, they see things that need to be done, they're already like ding, ding off the price, believe me. And again, that's another thing that I can always help with to move on. Great, Marsha. Thank you so much. Marsha Rambeau has worked closely with many seniors over her 30-plus year career. It's a stressful time, and she, as she has said, will definitely make it less stressful. So give Marsha Rambeau a call for a free evaluation of your home and find a place that best fits your lifestyle. Her number is 775-395-9133. That's 775-395-9133. Marsha Rambeau with Transaction Realty. Thank you, Marsha. Can you remember a time when you were around somebody just that really kind of like rubbed oh, yeah. you the wrong way and do you oh, yes. do you avoid them or do you try to have a relationship with those types? Well, let me put it this way. I I do. I, I, I go out of my way to try to make them see some happiness somewhere, whatever it may be, and share it with them. But there once in a while you meet someone who just very stubborn and, and it's like you you cannot get through to them. And then you just have to say, you know, I'm, I'm here, I do my best, and it, and it is what it is. There was a song a long time ago, it was called Accentuate the Positive. How does that Eliminate go? the Negative. How does and that that's go? one of the things I do. If someone is really so negative and doesn't seem to want to be happy, I just say, well, well just stay in your own place, but don't come into my life. I don't have room for you. <laughs> Yeah, you that, just say get away from me. I just said just get out of my face. <laughs> Period. And I don't feel bad to do it because I all say, you know what? If misery loves company, that's a very yes. famous saying, and it's true. But they're not going to have my company because I refuse to be miserable. Nice. Yeah. Good, Joe. That's you. That's the real you right there. That's awesome. Let's see. Um, so that's how you overcome difficult people. What about um, money? Yeah, your income, being on fixed income, and um, the challenges that you well, face. Again, I have to go back to my upbringing. Uh, I was taught 
at a very young age to respect money and and to get something from your money and consequently I was never frivolous uh, I'm still not frivolous <laughs> so that has a lot to do with it and and I found that money just didn't make me happy so getting money accumulating money I think mo money to me was a source of doing doing something good with it I've been able to help my children quite a bit because my my situation I I don't accumulate bills I, I don't gamble I don't go out and drink I don't go out and eat I do not like shopping I do not shop except for food and so I mean it it doesn't it isn't cost me that much money to, to live and be happy it's uh, very uh, I'm, I'm very healthy I don't spend money on medicines and what have you so I, I can't explain except that I'm a very blessed person. So I'm curious to know, since you retired and you have a fixed income, right. did life change a lot for no. you? No, actually not, because now I only have me to take care of, and I've always taken care of other people. So now it's like me, I'm number one. And, and as I say, I, I'm a very low maintenance, very low maintenance. As long as I have my health, and as long as I have my beauty around me, I'm very contented. And so with the economy rising, it, you don't see much difference in your income and, and the economy? The more things get expensive, do you notice that with your income? No, I really don't because, because I, I'm low right, maintenance, right. as I say. I call it that. I gotcha. don't know what else to call it. But it's, it's that, you know, how much do I need? I'm one person. How much do I need to eat? How much do I need to, to drink? And how much do I need? I'm, I'm, very, I'm very, very lucky that I'm healthy. That, I'm sure, is a big factor because that affects me mentally, physically, uh, my, my attitude, whatever. I'm, I'm very uh, blessed. That's how I put it. Because many people in my age group, especially, they have aches and pains, and they're hurting all the time, and they can't do things because they're hurting, and so they're taking pills and this and that. And then the pills upset their stomach, and then and it's, it just goes on and on. And if you don't need all those things, I mean, it's uh, it's pretty. Uh, basic just just uh, I drink a lot of water I love water I eat I don't care that much for sweets I don't overdo sweets and I eat healthy I like vegetables I like fruit and I like simple food I don't like crazy kind of food so right we were talking about the dentist earlier today yes <laughs> my teeth my teeth are as as uh, I'm aging, my teeth are getting. I'm getting problems with teeth. Of course, they wear out. They don't last forever, so I'm having to have some work done on my mouth, and uh, and so I, to me, that's where I'd rather put my money in that because it's very important. If your teeth, if you're not healthy in your mouth, your teeth, I mean, it's it's pretty bad. I mean, you need to to keep your health. You need to right. do the positive. Uh, uh, things that that most people, you know, people don't like to go to the dentist. They don't like to pay the money, and they don't like to go to the dentist, period. <laughs> but it's very important. That's sure. a big part of you, your mouth, your teeth. Right. It, and how you look, too. And if you can keep your body in shape and and look 
look pretty nice as much nice as you can, it makes you feel better when you look in the mirror. Right. And the bill was awfully high though, right? And I mean, the bill was... and it's expensive. Dentists are yes. expensive, uh, much more than they were in the old days. Uh, so uh, doctors, dentists, uh, but it's a very important part of your physical being. It's more important than what you're wearing. I, I lived in San Diego, and uh, so I would go to Tijuana because it was only 14 miles to go, and a friend of mine told me about her dentist when I first moved to, uh, to San Diego. So I started going to my dentist. His name was Dr. Bartell. And he was su such a good dentist. In and Mexico, I, right? In hmm? Mexico? In Mexico? He, he was in Tijuana, Mexico. Tijuana. And many people went to, to Tijuana for food, for, at one time for gas. They used to go there because they could save money. Anyway, he was my dentist, and, and he, he, was very, uh, he was always a very good dentist. And, you know, the many things in uh, Mexico, they didn't do everything. One dentist did root canals. One dentist did uh, implants. So he would send you to, he'd have it all fixed up uh, where you would go. So you would go to two or three dentists in one day. And I, I believe that I, I really know that I saved thousands of dollars by going to, and I loved going there. And you and went like there people. once or twice a year, I right? went there at least twice a year. Mm -hmm. And after moving to Reno, I continued to go because I have family and friends in San Diego. So I would go there and then I would call and make an appointment and go to my dentist. But I stopped doing that because of the problem with the border, and there's many, many problems now that's very sad, but it's probably better that I find a dentist locally, which is, you know, right where I'm at now. <laughs> and so you just uh, stopped going there about two, three years ago, right? Uh, maybe two years, mm -hmm. maybe two years ago. And I miss going there because I really like the people. I have very many friends there, so I just think sometimes you have to change what you're doing. You you kind of look at your life and look at what you have and then you go, you know, how how can I improve? What things can I stop doing now that I used to do? What things can I add uh, to my life now? And just just kind of analyze yourself and and use I tell people you have something between your ears. It's called a brain, and use it. Think. I mean, we have all kinds of help opportunities and 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 help helpful things that you can find out. So you know, just be a little bit smart and 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 just kind of take time to understand your body, know yourself, and know your body because it's yours, and right. uh, that's that's all you've got. I've noticed too with seniors that. Um, a lot of seniors seem to uh, get in routine, and it's really difficult for them to change their ways and their way of thinking, and yeah. it's really hard, so they just live the same way continuously. So it's good to hear that you, you make changes when you think you need to. I think we need to do that because it's the world has changed so much, right. and especially when you're in your 80s. It's not like it was when you were 20. Everything's different, and you've got to know what you're doing. You've got, and then you can get help. We are very, very fortunate in Reno. We have many helps with the city Lots of, of Reno, resources. and we mm -hmm. have very many resources, and they're out there. All you have to do is go to them, take the time, and be uh, 
just take take time for yourself. Take think of yourself as a project that you know what what can I do to make myself feel better? Right. What can I how can I improve my 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 physical being, my mental being and what have you and then do whatever whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. Make life easier. Exactly. Right? You're listening to the Aging and Awesome podcast. We'll be right back. The Aging and Awesome podcast is presented by Marsha Rambeau with Transaction Realty. She's here with us now. Marsha, what makes the senior market different? Well, Kai, the needs of the seniors, they typically differ from um, traditional clients. They're usually not making a job change, and they're not usually moving um, due to maybe a school preference, uh, you know, for children. They're looking for the best situation and place for them to either retire or perhaps just downsize. What they're going to want to know is should they consider a 50-plus community? Are they ready for assisted living? Or how close are medical facilities? All that's really important in making their decisions. Um, The other thing is communicating with seniors is different because a lot of them don't have computers. They don't have cell phones. So, you know, we have to go back to when I started in 1986. We had no internet. We had no cell phones. And believe it or not, we still got the job done. (laughs) I love it. I bet they love that. Some of them. Some of the less tech savvy. (laughs) Yes. Yes. You know, if you have to print out the contract or whatever, take it to them, sign, and it makes it more personal anyway. That's the part I miss about all that. Right. But that's what you have to do. So, um, you know, so matter, no matter what the issues or questions are, um, I'm just here to guide them and help them through this sometimes crazy process. Thank you so much, Marsha. Marsha Rambeau has worked closely with many seniors over her 30-plus year career. Through this stressful time, she will work tireless, tirelessly to help clients prepare, even slap some new paint on the walls if needed. Call Marsha Rambeau for a free evaluation of your home and find a place that best fits your lifestyle. Her number is 775-395-9133. That's 775-395-9133. You've mentioned before on Aging and Awesome how you are an old-fashioned girl. Um, Has that ever-changing world ever been challenging for you? Absolutely. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm not alone in that. And part of it is almost stubbornness. I know that it's like I, I have this way I do things, and it works for me, and I'm not going to stop, you know. But it, it is the technology, is uh, and, and it's so rapidly moving. It's not yes. something you just start out, and so it isn't. It's like you have to dive in, period to get to get going and and I am asking for help all the time and I know <laughs> there is help out there and you have to just uh, you have to work at it right you've Definitely. been working hard at your cell phone how many cell phones have you had in the last <laughs> two years or one year even <laughs> I, I think probably three yeah I think you're, tr- you're trying it's them all a, out. It's see definitely that. a mental block, and I, I understand that. I have it, but I'm trying to work on... Finding the right uh, phone, right? I'm easing it. <laughs> I want it simple and easy. Right. Nice and easy does it. <laughs> so, um, Joe, you defy stereotypes in so many ways. 
You're active, you're involved, doing things all the time, traveling. While many people assume 86-year-olds are just sitting around reading the newspaper and complaining, but not you. Tell me about how you overcome ageism and other stereotypes that say you're too old. Um, I, as I said once before, energy. I have, I have energy, and I have curiosity, and I'm, and I love life. I just happen to be in love with life, so uh, I just follow my heart and I follow uh, my uh, instincts. And then I, I also like role models. All my life, I've always had role models. Like who? Like who? Well, are your, different tell people me. that I worked with. It's not movie stars or anything. It's no people. movie stars. And, 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 I, and I'm around someone, I thought, I like the way that person handles things. I like, and I want to do it that way. And so mm-hmm. I was always ready to follow, to follow the right line. And I've been fortunate that I followed the right person. And uh, so I think that that's very important to uh, have a role model thing. And, uh, and I've had to do it on my own because I've been away from my family many, many years. And it was like, I have to be my own best friend, and I have to learn how to do it. Do you ever feel like um, society treats you differently because of your age? Not really. Do they? Except I don't feel any differences except with the technology things. Other than that, because I'm very physically healthy and alive, and I, you know, I have my exercise classes and, and so on, so... I don't think so. I think it's just like I said, it's only the one one facet of my life. <laughs> and uh, that's other than that, uh, no, I don't. Uh, I'm, I'm and when you ask things. for help, you find that individuals. Not afraid to ask for help. And they're help, happy to help you. Most right. people are happy to help. Right. So you have to, sometimes you just have to do that. You have to say, you know, I really could use help. And, and just seek out the right people because there's some people who aren't very good at that and so the best thing to do is is kind of look around and trust your feelings that well this is a nice person I think that person would would do that for me and and there are people like that there's a lot Mm -hmm. of good people out there so and you just need to uh, keep your eyes and ears open and just keep going forward you're listening to the aging and awesome podcast we'll be right back Hello, I'm Marcia Rambo with Transaction Realty 500. I've worked closely with many seniors over my 30 plus year career. Moving's tough for everyone, especially for those who have been in the same house for decades. Through this stressful time, I will work tirelessly to help you prepare, even slap on some new paint on the walls if needed. Call me, Marcia Rambo, for a free evaluation of your home. I would love to meet you and help you find a home that best fits your lifestyle. My phone number is 775-395-9133. I was was raised a Catholic, and... uh, and I made sure that when my boys were young, I took them to church so they could get the feelings of church. And I remember when I was divorced, when I first was divorced, there was a, um, there was a, 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 a minister that talked about divorce and 
how it was bad. I felt like I was really bad, a bad person, that the church was looking down on me. So at the same time, my husband and I went to a church, a different church, and had a very good minister, and we liked the way he spoke. So we joined that church. It was a Presbyterian church, and I had been a Catholic, so started going to that church, and pretty soon my husband didn't go for one reason or another, but I did. And I got involved, as I always do. I painted the bathrooms, and I was <laughs> did the church Bible school, and I, whenever they needed something, ask Joe, she'll do it, and I did. So anyway, the minister was going to leave to go to another church, and at that time we had an assistant associate minister, so they thought he would jump up to be the main minister. Well, what happened was, a new person's face entered, and some of the people had wanted him to be the minister. So we were sitting in the church in an evening, and there's arguing going on. And then people got stood up, and they really got angry about you know who they wanted. And so I stood up and I said, well, you know, this is the house of God. We're supposed to show love here. And all this fighting and bickering, I said, and I'm not even a Protestant, now I'm leaving. So I left the church and I went back to the Catholic Church. <laughs> wow. How old were you, you think? Oh my goodness, I was I was in my thirties early thirties. I was in my early thirties. And so anyway, I decided that I would go back to the Catholic Church because I did feel comfortable with the ritual as it was. And I wanted my boys to go through the, the uh, confirmation and things they do. And I just kept some things to myself. But So that's what happened there. When you talked about, remember when you were talking about you, you left your husband just really quick and then you went to, you got a job at that house where you like cleaned house. I think you cleaned his house or you made, a, made you cooked for somebody. You were looking in the newspaper one morning and you were thinking about leaving your husband, and oh, then you just applied. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, a great that's job. A I mean, that's a great story. Okay, well, this was, I was um, reading the paper. I, I was getting, this was my second husband. And I, I found out that when I married this person, I was very overwhelmed by what he told me. And after I was with him, I realized that it was not true, and I was not happy, and I thought, I'm not staying in this relationship because it's not what I want and I'm not happy. So uh, he said, well, you, what are you gonna do? You don't have a job or anything. I had quit my job at IBM. So I was reading the paper and I saw an ad and it said, uh, a separate cottage uh, in exchange for light housekeeping. So I called the phone number, and it was actually it was a mansion. It was this was a it was up on top of a hill and all that. I called and told the person who I was, and I was getting a divorce, and I wanted to talk. So I drove over there. We talked, and he said, "Well, all I want you to do is change my sheets twice a week, and I uh, and clean my kitchen after I leave because I make toast and coffee, and then I leave." And I said, "Fine." <laughs> I, in the meantime. So Free I room and to, board, right? So I moved in. Yeah. And it was a cottage. It was the cutest little cottage. And I just had a microwave and a little refrigerator. and Just I, like that. I, I put some of my things in storage, and I moved in there. And I was running in those days. I used to run every day. I was jogging in the morning. 
I was working part-time as in a restaurant mm. uh, so I could get a little bit of money and I was very happy and that seemed like this is a perfect spot for me and you uh, just moved right out and I just of your other house right, right? I just moved out what that husband say said, you can't move you don't have a job and you don't have I said don't worry I'm fine I'm taking care of myself and I'm leaving and that was that that's great yeah <laughs> That's another negative person that you got away from real quick. Right, and and when someone tells you that you can't do something yeah. in in your heart, and you know, you know, you don't tell somebody that. You just say, "I wish you the best and good luck." But when someone tells you, you know, you you can't do that, and boy, I was just the right person to stand up and say, "Oh yes, I can." Now just sit back and watch me. Right, I'll find a way. That's that finding a way to to be able to do what you do. So I was never afraid. I, I, I wasn't afraid. But I do say that I, I, it was, you know, and then what happened in that same place that I was, after I was there about a month or two, we had the big earthquake, 1989 earthquake. Mm. And, and uh, I was, I was going to move out of this place and get my own place. Okay. So anyway, we had a big earthquake. And the day, the day before, I had decided I was going to move to an apartment. So I had packed a few things I had. Well, anyway, I was downtown just looking for an apartment when the earthquake hit. That was one of the biggest earthquakes in Northern California. It was 1989. It went all the way to San Francisco, and San Francisco had a problem in the, the ball game. People were at the ball game. So you felt uh, it? You felt I, it? Oh, yes. Where, what were it. you doing? I was downtown looking at an apartment, and, and it, it hit right when I was ringing the doorbell when <gasps> I fell. You fell. It was a very, it was the earthquake center. It was the center of the earthquake in Los Angeles. <gasps> oh, my it goodness. Was it was quite a thing. But you know what? I just, I thought, you know, I, I, I'm okay. I'm going to move anyway. And, <laughs> and everybody said, well, you've already had your earthquake. <laughs> your earthquake was your life, right? And so consequently, I went to my girlfriend and I stayed at her house a couple of nights and she took me out dancing. She said, you need to get out, forget mm. about everything. So I met a, a very nice gentleman. He wanted my phone number and I started to cry and I said, I don't have a phone. I don't <laughs> even have a house and I don't really have anything. <laughs> and so he walked away. <laughs> I was so emotional. I just let it all out, and that's how I am. It was like I'll let it out. My feelings, uh, my feelings are I can let let it out, and it doesn't bother me. It is what it is. Right. So that's how it goes, anyway. But but that was a very emotional time. One of the most emotional times of my life. But I was very fortunate that that I didn't get hurt. I mean, because it it was a very bad earthquake. It really was. But but I went on. And it sounds it, like you had a good friend too. Oh yeah, was very supportive. My friends point. have always mm -hmm. been my blessing. My mm -hmm. friends and my children, of course, but my children were never near me, right? so I could never rely on them. It was always friends. So you actually fell down when the earthquake oh, hit. Oh, absolutely! It was it, it it was like a jolt, and and it, it knocked me down. It, it it was did a lot of devastation in in that time. It was a very bad earthquake. Did any buildings collapse or? They had all the lights, fixtures fell in the buildings and and the the uh, and the bars, all the bottles fell off the walls oh. and it was a very bad earthquake. If you look it up, you could see that in 1989 it was 
I was like eight miles from the epicenter. Wow. And there was an avalanche on the road, the highway that went to uh, to the beach, to Santa Cruz. That highway had an avalanche, so you couldn't go that way. It closed the highway. Wow. So I have been very blessed that, that I have had the, the stamina, the courage, the friendships to, to be my, my courage, too. Independent. To be able to withstand uh, things. So mm -hmm. I, I would say that I am a, probably a strong person. I would say so. You're very independent. My one son, especially my youngest son, is closer to me. And he brags all, always and says, well, you see my mom. She's, my mom has this and my mom does that. And and so that's really nice. I, I, I try to be a good role model. I think I am. You are. And, and uh, I just, as I said it before, I feel very fortunate to have to have the inner, the insides that I have. And a lot of it comes from my heritage, from, like I say, having a mother that, that I just revered and that uh, taught me so much, and then also friends. And I always picked people that I could look up to when I was picking friends. I always picked someone that, that was smarter than me and a little better than me right. so that I could reach up to be where they were. That's so so that, true. I think that if people could do that, if they could sometimes get a role model and say, you know, I want to be like that. Now, what can I do to be more that way? I don't know how you could get them to, to think that way, but that's the way I always was. Well, I, always also, liked, I always want to step up. My mother used to say, remember, in your life, it's never too late to reach higher. She wrote that in my, in my book when I graduated. That was the little saying she wrote. She says, remember, and this was in Italian, Nella vita non è mai più tardi per più alto means it's never too late to go higher. Nice, that's so That's great. kind of a good role thing to, to know. Right, plus life experiences that you've, you've lived right. is helpful too, oh, right? Yeah. Your own life experiences. Yeah, feelings. That's one of my things. Feelings have been always important. There's a song called feel. Feelings. Yeah, and that's what, I love that song. When that song How came does that out, song go? Yeah. How does it go? Oh, feelings. Feelings, nothing more than feelings. Feelings to forget this feeling of life. Feelings. <laughs> it's, it's a very romantic song. Right, right, it, right, right. But it is true. It's feelings. And I, and I have had people who sometimes were envious of me, and you know this happens, and they would say, well, you think, you're, you, you, you think you know this, you know that, and I'd say, well, you know, I know what I know. I stand by myself, and I don't think I put out any, anything that's not true. Whatever you know about me and you see about me is true. It's easy for me. I had a friend who was Chinese, and Chinese people have very strong emotions. One time, he, we used to talk all the time. He said, you know, you're the kind of person that you could take your innards out and put them on the table and let people pick them up and say, oh, this is a heart. This, I said, most people would never do that. They would hide all that. He said, but you, you are just, you can expose it. And I can. I said, I don't have anything to hide. I mean, I've done some things that, that were not the, the best things, and sometimes it was stupid. But I want to hear about those stupid but things. 
someday. Sometimes you make the wrong choice. You know, you think you know somebody, or you think you right. follow the wrong path, and then you go, uh-uh, you know what, this is not right. I'm going back, and then we'll take the other path. And that's kind of like how I look at life that way, that uh, we're all going, just moving and moving and moving. And then sometimes, for whatever reason, you get off your road that you're, you want to be on. Mm-hmm. But then all you have to do is go back and pick it up where you left off and go. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much to our sponsors, including Marsha Rambo with Transaction Realty for making the Aging and Awesome podcast possible. Be sure to tune into Aging and Awesome Saturdays on KTVN 2 News, and we will see you back here soon for another episode of the Aging and Awesome podcast. I'm Carrie McKenzie on behalf of Joe and, uh, and all of us at Aging and Awesome. Have a great day. Thank you very much, and you all have a good time and a great day. Bye.